Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Alcoholisms, the podcast about sobriety, recovery, and all things related to. I'm Tara, one of your co-hosts, and as always, I am joined by my lovely dad, Dan. Hi, Dad. Hello, Tara. Hello, Daddy. <laughs> you ready to have a conversation, love? Yeah, I'm. I'm ready. So. We've actually been simmering on this episode topic for like a couple weeks now. And actually, it was dad who brought it up. And to be quite honest with you, the first time he brought it up, I was like, I don't like that idea. Well, I didn't say I didn't like it. I was just like, nah, I'm not feeling it. But then he realized, I didn't really realize it until later, that like the reason why I wasn't connecting with the topic is because I had never really experienced it and then I was like you know just because I haven't experienced it obviously doesn't mean that it is the end-all be-all of all things and if dad has experienced it then there's probably a lot of people who have experienced it as well and just because I didn't struggle with it doesn't mean it's not a thing that people struggle with so dad would you like to introduce the topic of this week Uh, the topic primarily would be humility with some other things probably associated with it but the reason that it came to me in the first place is because when I used to go to these AA rooms and listen to these people talk this was always a thing I mean there were a lot of people it almost seemed universal that people would have struggled with this as part of their process of learning how to be sober Um, and I certainly did in a big way and so when Tara first told me that well I don't really know what to talk about relative to that or you know I didn't really struggle with that you know it was confounding to me until I remembered that you know the way she talked about her story when she was even pre-drinking and then going into her drinking was much different than mine it makes sense that, that she didn't have to struggle with it yeah or just not struggled with it in a large way at all but the general thing is this and Like I said, I mean, I have done no scientific research to know that this is right, but based on my experience in listening to other alcoholics talk, this seems to be a thing that a lot of us had in common. And that was, there's this superego thing going on where we really do think we're something special and something extraordinary, and the rules that apply to most everybody else don't necessarily apply to us or in my instance, me. And I mean, I felt that way all my life. So when I started drinking and then when I started having trouble with it, that was part of it. It was just melded into it. And as I started struggling with trying to be sober or am I gonna be sober, my lack of humility is probably what caused me to continue to struggle with it for as long as I did. Because, you know, I thought that I was smarter than it. I thought that I could rationalize my way out of being an alcoholic or I could trick it or I could, you know, figure out a way where I could keep my foot in both worlds. Or, yeah, I could recognize I had a drinking problem, but I could continue to drink because I was smarter. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I really don't relate to any of what you just said. (laughs) Other than the, like, I don't know, other than the alcohol-loving part you know, or obsessed (laughs) part. Like, yeah, I was also, am an alcoholic, but yeah, I I don't know. I, Did you you honestly never really think that that you were special in any way and that? Okay, let me be really honest with you because I wanted to say this. 
Okay. I didn't, I never felt that way when I was young. Ever. Ever. I thought literally nothing of myself. Like I was so bullied and I honestly still have like, like not mental issues. I, what, 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 I have things mentally that I still struggle with as an adult human being that stem completely from me being so bullied when I was young. So, you know, my childhood, huh? I was going to say like what? Oh, like, like second guessing myself for every time I express Mm -hmm. that I like something. I'm always thinking like, what if people think that I'm saying this only for attention or what if people I'm saying this only for that? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like I can't ever do anything and just have it be like what it is. I, I'm always having to like explain myself and like I'm always thinking of what to say to explain myself in case someone mm-hmm. calls me out for, for an ulterior motive, which is like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's really annoying. <laughs> but, so it's a lack of confidence kind of thing. Yeah. So sometimes I still struggle with that as an adult, but I, I never thought anything special of myself ever. <laughs> never when I was young ever never never however Mm. I do I have in recent years noticed that sometimes I'll catch myself thinking that of that kind of stuff of myself now like oh yeah I'm special or like ow Mm. I just stabbed myself with a needle sorry um (laughs) I have sewing needles on my table um but yeah I've noticed that Fun, uh, funny enough, as I've gotten more healthy and older, that I've noticed my ego really start to come alive when it really wasn't there at all before. So I would say that I'm experiencing that, but like post alcohol. Wow. Which I find uh, kind of strange, but. Well, I don't know. Maybe if, I mean, to listen to you say you never thought anything of yourself or you thought so lowly of yourself always. I mean, gosh. I mean, I know you've talked about that before in the context to your friends, but, you know, I thought we did a, at least we tried to, to make y'all feel special when you were kids. No, I know you. And like, it's funny. Cause like I did feel special, like in my relationships at home, like it wasn't that, like when I was home, I felt very loved, but it yeah. was when I left the front door is yeah. when people were really mean to me. <laughs> yeah. That was me being very self-centered. No. Well, let me let me just say this about the topic in general or the i mean humility let's let's call it which in my estimation is an extremely important characteristic to have uh as a as a to if you want to be a a well-rounded at peace human being you know humility is is up there among the top things that you should possess and i in my life have had a shocking lack of humility, mm-hmm. you know, almost from the word go. But, you know, the the, the appearance of conceit, you know, as you, as you look at somebody else, I mean, oftentimes that can be viewed and it's rightly viewed as someone covering for, you know, some kind of insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. That's often what it is. When I started out in my life, and interacted with people and adults the way I interacted. Believe me when I tell you, my, I don't know if it, if it appeared as conceit, it wasn't a cover. I mean, it, it, at that <laughs> point in my life, that's really what I felt. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
And it was only after I had got into drinking and started having the problems that I had with drinking um, that I noticed that I might take a front to someone not giving me the credit that I thought that I deserved relative to, say, my intellect, like in college mm-hmm. or whatever. And I could see it at that point. It was something more than just that, you know, brash arrogance that I had when I was younger mm-hmm. because I was beginning to doubt myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, you need to recognize this thing about me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't remember ever feeling like that. <laughs> it's not not something I ever experienced. Well, but it's interesting because I mean that's just like it's just like I said, like just the complete opposite of anything I ever felt. And on, I wonder if that's, I mean, maybe this is like way down the line, but like maybe that's maybe my, I don't know, maybe because I had no humility and no pride and like literally nothing to hold on to. Maybe that's why I was able to give it up so early. One of the reasons I was able to give it up so early. Well, it, it could be. I mean, I mean, as, as you view the differences between you and me, that would be one of the big ones. You know, the mm-hmm. other big one that we've identified in previous podcasts being that um, you came out and admitted it right off the bat mm-hmm. when you got to that point and said, this is what I am. I'm an alcoholic. And I have to deal with it. And that's something that I never did. But one of the reasons that I didn't, perhaps the biggest reason I didn't, was my lack of humility. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I hadn't spoken about residual self-image in a while, but I have this residual self-image of myself at that time, which does not allow for me to think of myself as an alcoholic or something that at that time I thought was so weak a characteristic for a human being to have. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's why I couldn't admit it. It was directly because of that. And it was directly because of that, that I spent the next decades continuing to drink too. Right. Mm -hmm. But like I said about, you know, the arrogance seeming stuff or the lack of humility, you know, that, that is something. And I'll, I mean, just being honest, that is something that's in me, right. It's always been there. And I've had to work on not being that way in my life because I know that it's it's very irritating or off-putting to be around sometimes. I feel like you've gotten but, better. Yeah, well, I probably have. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that I have. But, like I said, as I moved on through this, it became clear to me that at times it wasn't just me being so self-assured. In fact, it was usually, or not usually, but sometimes it was the opposite of that, which is that I wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't sure of who I was or of my relative value. And so I needed validation from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, so I need to get confirmation from you that, yeah, you're, you know, pretty sharp guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you know what you're talking about. Or, yeah, that's, that's right, Dan, you know, that kind of thing. So, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I, I, not that I needed that in the same way, but I also, I, I do relate to that part where I, I, I did need validation from other people. 
but it wasn't ever about like smarts and it wasn't ever about like intellect it was always like I just needed people to recognize me as a human being I just Mm. needed people to like know that I existed and that you know I was noticeable in any way shape or form yeah so I I do relate to that part just not I don't know I never thought (laughs) I was always like, like we've mentioned several times in this podcast, I was always really bad at math and like really bad at math to the point where it was like my dad literally had to like come to like my second or third grade classroom and ask my teacher what is going on because she doesn't know like what is supposed to be going on. Like she doesn't know anything about what's happening and I was like super far behind and um, so it was a thing and because of that, I never thought I always related like math to smarts mm. and I just didn't know math. So I just immediately assumed that I was like, oh, I'm just not a very smart person then. But I right. do wonder for myself, not that this is, I mean, this relates to drinking, I guess, that I do wonder sometimes if I had thought more of myself and if I had had like any if I had struggled with humility, if I would have thought more of myself and if I would have, you know, taken the same path that I did, especially with school and everything. Well, the humility thing too, you know, the, what I keep going back, well, here's the thing. When I became an attorney, um, I had this uh, attorney friend who, he was an old Cajun guy who had been disbarred relative to drinking and then got reinstated and got sober and all that kind of stuff. And he used to tell me, he'd say, and I've said this before, that he'd go, Dan, man, you just another bozo on the bus, man. Ain't nothing special about you. And the reason that he would say that is because he detected in me this lack of humility, right? Mm -hmm. And especially as it pertained to drinking, because when I first met him, you know, he was all in, just like you are. You know, he mm-hmm. was an alcoholic, and he was living the AA life and doing all the things that he needed to do to make himself healthy and to stay sober. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he would try to tell me that, you know, you probably should. And I'm like, no, that's for the other people. That's for people like you, which would elicit the bozo on the bus comment, right? And the thing is, I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say now he was correct, Mm-hmm. And it was my lack of humility at that moment that kept me from acknowledging it or even perhaps recognizing it at the time, because that that is true, too. I mean, it wasn't as though I knew all these things to be true about myself, all these, the, the fact that I was absolutely an alcoholic and I could not drink. I still believed that I could. And yeah. I still hadn't made a connection to the fact that I drink, and it's still, and it's it's probably what causes a lot of these psychological issues that I'm dealing with. So, yeah. That's, I mean, lack that's, of humility. But that's also alcohol. You know, oh, yeah. it's just, it's so, and alcoholism is, it's so subtle and it's what they call it cunning, baffling, and all powerful or powerful. I mean, it's so true. Like, mm-hmm. it literally will take everything you have as a human being and use it against you. Mm-hmm. which for you was your lack of humility. Mm-hmm. It took that and was like, 
And then it just fed off of it. Like even you just said a second ago, like you were going to AA meetings, but yet you weren't like those people. Yeah. Like you still felt different even while sitting in a room day in and day out filled with alcoholics, hearing the stories relating to them. And then you still being like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. In the beginning, that is true. But yeah, Mm -hmm. as, as time went on, you know, and, and I think it was the stories that ultimately helped me bridge over, you know, and that Mm -hmm. is I could hear the story of an attorney who was an apartner, a partner at one of the big firms in Dallas, or I could hear the story of a guy who had been living on the street for two years. And we've mentioned this before, but I mean, essentially, from a psychological standpoint and what they did to themselves, the stories would be about the same. Mm-hmm. And it finally started occurring to me as I would hear story after story after story, and all of them were the same story. Yeah. That, what my story is kind of like that too and if i you know throw down this guard this curtain of bullshit that i've got up in front of me you know the fact is i'm no different than than any of these people but again you know my lack of humility for the longest time kept me from doing that yeah and we're talking about it in in the context of alcoholism too but i mean as a human being i mean it's a it's a it's a very necessary trait and the lack of it will cause you problems yeah absolutely um like i said you know i not that i struggled with it so much before but it's like literally now i i feel like i'm really starting to sometimes you know, even in my daily life, just struggle with a lack of humility, whether it be like, I think I know better than everyone else about a certain thing because I've experienced it or like whatever. And, you know, it's just like, you're right. It's just in daily life. It doesn't even have to pertain to alcoholism. Like it does, you know, really affect alcoholics and in a big way, especially when it comes to their drinking. But I mean, even now, like Mm. everyone can benefit from a dose of humility in their life because i mean even not being humble is a huge burden to carry like and i as i get older and as i move through life more and more i've come to find that the people that i trust most are the ones who don't have all the answers all the time Mm. it's you know it's the people that always have an answer for absolutely everything and always have a reason and always are like an expert on every topic they talk about. Like those are the people that I'm most weary of nowadays. Mm. Are you laughing? Cause you think I'm talking about you? Cause I'm not at all. Okay. I'm not, okay. you don't, okay. you, you don't, you don't claim to be an expert on everything you talk about. You happen to be a very well seasoned human being who has a lot of experience with a lot of things. And you are an expert on the things that you're an expert on, but you don't like try to impose that on other people or anything. Well, sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about, frankly. But. Well, I'm not talking, honestly, I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but I've just yeah. noticed like, you know, maybe, and maybe this is just me being on social media and like being online and like seeing mm-hmm. all of this. Like the people who mm-hmm. claim to know absolutely everything all the time are the people who are mm-hmm. like most full of shit, I feel like. And the people who are really humble and the, who are willing to tell you, no, I don't know, or I know I don't have the answer. Those are the people that I'm, 
that I gravitate more towards because they're humble enough to tell you that they don't know. And that's a really (laughs) big thing to say. It's a big blow to the ego to say, I don't know. Well, I think it's, I think it's indication of somebody who's very, very self-assured. Exactly. Who has the ability to say, hmm, I don't know. And in fact, just like you're saying, I am more attracted to people who show that kind of humility, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very attractive quality. Very. And the irony for me is that so much of my life has, has been littered with circumstances where I had the opportunity to be humble in that way, and I wasn't for whatever reason. You know, sometimes it was because of this insecurity thing that I'm talking about, but sometimes it's just because I think I know. And you know, I, I don't have the patience for it at the moment, whatever it is. But the lack of humility, as I look back across the, the wasteland of my life, you know, that's one thing, <laughs> if I could change, that I wish that I had always been a more humble appearing person than I have been. But this also segues into what's really kind of part two of this, and that is for alcoholics like you and me, um, who are sober and who might be very confident in their sobriety, that in and of itself is a is a, a lack of humility that could be a threat to your sobriety, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is flatly that it is the lack of humility in sober people is a threat. Yeah, that's something that needs to be checked. Yeah, you, know, you need to. Check yourself on that. The second I start to have thoughts of, oh, I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life. Like, this is going to be so easy. Like, the moment I start having those thoughts is the moment that I check in with myself. Mm. Because that is just not a proper way of thinking. Mm-mm. It's it's ind- it's indicative to me that something is going on. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know that. I don't have that. I can't promise myself that. I can't promise anybody that. I can't look my husband in the face and promise that I'll never drink in front of our future children. And that's really scary. It'd be easy to say, yeah, I'll never do that again. I'm over it. I'm done with it. Like that was an old part of my life and this is the new me. Like there is no new me, old me. There's just me and Mm -hmm. I've evolved, but that doesn't mean I can devolve at any moment. Exactly right. And just sobriety in general, it is, I mean, it truly is a one day at a time thing for the rest of your life. You never reach a point or you shouldn't reach a point where you have that kind of confidence. And if you do, then, you know, you're you're asking for trouble. Yeah. And and that's not to say that, like, you have to be obsessing about your sobriety on a daily basis. Like, before Dad and I started this podcast and before I started creating sober content, like, I didn't even think of alcohol or not drinking that often in this way, you know? So just because you're sober and just because it is one day at a time for the rest of your life, I know that sounds, like, scary and daunting, but it's not in that way you're not sitting there like obsessing and it's not taking over your life like you find checks and balances in your mental state of being that you just move through without even like really noticing you know Mm -hmm. but it's so true like the moment that you start to get that inflated ego or the moment that you think you've beat this thing is the moment that it starts to beat you yeah 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, to speak of it in, well, I don't know what to call it, kind of supernatural, metaphoric type terms, you know. I mean, and, and oddly enough, that is how I think of my issues relative to alcohol sometimes. It's like I, I want to call it this demon, you know, that lives in me mm. or that's, you know, been a constant companion with me. Yeah. And the best way for me to let that demon back in is to be uber confident about this kind of stuff. And what that's tantamount to doing is it's tantamount to unlocking the door and turning my back to it and say, I got this. I don't need to pay attention to you anymore. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is I do need to pay attention to that demon. I need to pay attention to it. I mean, I don't have to obsess about it like Tara said, but I have to be cognizant of it and I have to be aware of it all the time and you know when I think I'm beyond it you know those are the times when I'm at my most vulnerable mm-hmm. and I'm very clear about exactly and I, you know it's it's so funny you you say that because I I feel like I just experienced that the other week mm. I was you know I was making like TikTok content about being sober and I had the urge to make this video not about like being sober for the rest of my life, but I was going to say something along the lines of, you know, I'm going to be sober for forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't even think anything of it. And then I started recording it and I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) like, that's not true. Like, I don't, I don't know that. And I shouldn't promise that to myself or anyone else. Like, that's not really a good example to set. And then only like two days later or like a day later, like within 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 a couple hours or like 72 hours of it or whatever, mm-hmm. I found myself for the first time in an extremely long time craving alcohol in a really weird way. I, you know, was mm-hmm. like watching a commercial or something where people were drinking and then like it just kind of stuck in my head like that commercial or that whatever I was whatever I don't even remember what it was now and I I was I don't remember I was doing like laundry or something like really idle and I I got angry for like five minutes and I was like why can't I do that like what do I really have to not drink for the rest of my life? Is this really what I'm going to, is this really it for me? And I just found myself, I was upset that I couldn't drink and I haven't felt that in years, Mm -hmm. but there was just something going on with me where I was like, I went to this extreme and like promised this big thing to myself in my head. And then that kind of backfired on me and just, you know, just didn't really, Mm -hmm. whatever, maybe they're connected, maybe they're not, but I definitely think there was that had something to do with it and yeah it was it was really weird I haven't experienced that in an extremely long time Mm. I don't remember ever being angry about not being able to drink like within recent memory how did it resolve I just I I had to let it I just had to recognize that feeling for what it was you know I couldn't do anything about it I didn't want to go drink like I didn't have any alcohol in my house I didn't feel like I wasn't going to take the car at like 12 o'clock at night to go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I literally just had to sit with that feeling. I just had to sit with it and just listen to it. And I really had to detach myself kind of from my own brain and just like kind of mm-hmm. watch that thought. Just this, mm-hmm. just, I took a step back and kind of watched it. And then, you know, eventually it kind of evaporated. And then I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, what was that? Wow. 
But, you know, well, I'm eight years, I've, I've said this several times, like I'm eight years sober, and but that doesn't matter. Like this thing could come, not to scare anyone, but like this thing could come out and come back to bite me in the ass literally any day. And yeah. if I were if I were in a bad place, if I were alone, if I were in a place where I had alcohol in the house, and you know, if I got if I was if I was in such a bad state of mind that I worked myself up even more and wasn't able mm-hmm. to detach myself from that thought, I might have not had the same result. If I didn't have the same support system, if I didn't have the same stuff in check, like who mm-hmm. knows, you know? Yeah, but that's partly why you structured your life the way you've structured it. It's not as though you always need a crutch because, you know, most of the time you're in touch with it. This is a thing that, you know, it's a one day at a time thing, but there are going to be those moments for all of us, I believe, where, you know, you have those thoughts like you're describing. I mean, you know, our family and, you know, I've got brothers and cousins and we get together and we do the things they do that we do. And they almost without exception involve drinking, right? Every time. I don't and think I've that, ever been around those people without alcohol. Yeah. Especially, well, there's certain segments of the family and certain events that don't drink, right? But by and the large... The ones you're talking about do. Yeah, right. And it's it's not in a bad way. It's just, you know, a, a common thing that people do, right? Yeah. And when I was young, I drank along with them. Of course, I didn't drink like they drank for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as the years moved on and I had to, you know, change the way I lived my life and I stopped drinking at those events, right? And at first it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to, to do it and it's fun. You know, you think back of those, at those, about those times and it's fun. That's another thing. When we think back about these in a nostalgic way about these drinking events we used to do, it's always fun, isn't it? <laughs> we don't remember those times when we were, you know, beat to shit on the, on the brink of utter disaster, but it was funny because that was like every time we drank. You well, know? Yeah, it could have well, been. But... For me, it was. Well, let me let me end. let me go on with this because yeah. I st- I have those thoughts too, like you were just describing. Where, you know, a thing for me, I love Mexican food, and oh, margarita, a margarita on the rocks. Okay, it's... literally trigger warning because this could <laughs> not be helpful to some people listening. Well, it may be true, but yeah, I guess I guess I should think about that before I speak sometimes. But that's no, but that's it's true. Thought, that's a thought that I have, and it's yeah. like when I think like that, all I think about is wasn't that good? You know, you go to a Mexican place and you have your enchiladas and you got your margarita. I'm not thinking about all the bad stuff that's going to come. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that initial good part. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I crave and, and that's what I miss. And and that's me too. Sometimes I think, you know, it, it makes me mad to think sometimes as I think about it, that why am I denied doing this when everybody else that, that I hang out with anyway, isn't denied it, mm-hmm. you know? but where you ultimately have to get back to is that humble place, the humble place about yourself, which is recognizing your limitations I mean, there's so many things I want to say. First and foremost, like I really struggled with that, the group of people that you're specifically referencing. Mm-hmm. I even struggled with that because growing up, I was so looking forward to be able to like drink with the bros. Yeah. <laughs> like being able to like connect with them in that way because alcohol is like such a big part of togetherness for them. And I was just, I felt like 
I was always going to miss out and I would never be close with any of those people mm. because I wasn't able to drink. But turns mm -hmm. out I'm extremely close with like all of those people and yeah. have a very, very special relationship with each and every one of them. And I'm sober and I wouldn't have been able to have that if I continued to drink. It's funny because like I thought alcohol was keeping me like with those people. But in reality, like alcohol was just taking me away from everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with like the going out to eat Mexican food, uh, uh, margarita, and you just you think of that like initial moment mm -hmm. and just that initial that initial time. But that initial time is always 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 followed by regret and remorse and some mistake or something you said or something you did or some somehow you hurt someone or somehow you hurt yourself that moment when alcohol first touches your lips when you know you you taste the the, the i'm not going to go into detail because that could be triggering but when when that first moment that that you crave that moment that you're craving mm -hmm. like that's that's all that is, if that makes any sense. Like nothing will ever come of that because those moments are the ones that we romanticize and fantasize about. And still I do sometimes to this very day, not often, but I will think of those moments and just create this whole scenario in my head where I'm like having a drink with friends and we're just having a great time and you know, we're connecting and it's just so fun. But that moment has never, ever, ever happened for me in real life. Like mm -hmm. no matter how many times I've fantasized about it, that has never happened for me and you know, will never happen for me. I'm reminded of Jurassic Park where <laughs> the guy says, oh, that's how it always starts. You know, everybody's excited about seeing the dinosaurs, but then there's the running and the crying and the biting. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it's like you know it's just so fascinating from from where we're sitting looking at it we're just fascinated by it oh but we're forgetting about the fact that that t-rex is going to eat your ass up you know yep that's what's coming isn't that so funny after all of the horrors all all of the horrors that we have both experienced and that mm -hmm. everyone has experienced through this we will still find ourselves fantasizing about that sip of alcohol as if it'll do something good for us or just something for us in general other than ruining everything that we have. That's that's part of the, the sick twistedness of it, isn't it? Yeah. It, it allows us to forget all the pain we've caused not only other people but ourselves. You know, and how many times do you have to prove to yourself that you can't do this thing? Mm -hmm. You know, but we still forget it because there, there. I don't know what it is about our brains that tells us this next time will be different. You know, it's going to be a perpetual state of that first sip when you're eating your enchiladas. You know, I mean, but no, of course it's never going to be like that. There's always going to be the running, the screaming, and the biting. You know, <laughs> it's coming every time. Jeff yeah. Goldblum had a point. Yeah, yeah, it was a good point. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember back to the beginning of this episode well enough to know if I talked about uh, my lack of humility in the way that I had intended to. But you know, we moved on. So, and we've been talking a while. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, we. Uh... We didn't exactly stay on topic, but I think we covered some, some good stuff in this episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, it's important, you know? Yeah. No, hum- humility is a, is a really big one, especially if you're trying to stay sober. It's it's yeah. a really big one. It, it often serves as a bar to keep you from getting sober. But once you become sober, I mean, humility is a very nece- necessary characteristic for a recovering alcoholic to have because the mm-hmm. lack of humility puts you in peril. Yep. Yeah. Amen, sister. So that's kind of where I am on that. <laughs> I feel the same way. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Or should we wrap this one up? Well, you can go ahead and wrap it up and do what you do. Wrap it up like a little burrito. Do what a you do. A burrito. Okay, guys. Well, that was today's episode on humility. We kind of went all over the place, but, you know, I think y'all get the point. Thank you for listening every week, guys. Again, we every every week we break our record on, you know, listens and plays. So I am so appreciative of that. Um, if y'all could please follow uh, the podcast on whatever uh, thing you're listening on, whether it be like Spotify, Apple, or whichever app it may be, you can follow the podcast. You could leave a rating and a review. Um, those all would be super helpful for us. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at alcohol.isms, I-S-M-S, if you want to keep up with what we're doing. I am on Instagram at hello, I am Tara. I'm on TikTok with that username as well. Dad is not on the internet at all. This is the only place you will be able to find him. Amen. Uh, what'd you say? Amen. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add before we go? You need to call your Mima. I will. Call, I'll call her. It's too, well, it's too late now. Probably so, but you can call her tomorrow. I'll call her tomorrow. Okay. I'll call my Mima tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> well... That's it, guys. We will see y'all in the next one. Hope you have a fantastic weekend or week um, in whatever part of the world you are in because I received a message today from someone all the way down under. Mm. I butchered that uh, accent, but you you get what I mean. So I'm so appreciative of all of our, our listeners, wherever in the world you may be, all the new people, all the old people, all the OGs. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. We will see y'all in the next one. Say bye, Dad. I had a Jeff Goldblum, wherever he is. Bye.